Welcome to Libre Lounge, a podcast about free software, free culture, and all the other interesting aspects of user freedom. With Christopher Lemmer Weber and Serge Broklowski. Hey, Chris. Hey, Serge. It's been a long summer. We've been doing a ton of work. And we talked about in our previous episodes, we're doing a bunch of stuff with anti spam on the Fediverse. Stuff with data shards, you're working on Sprightly, and we're about to go to a conference. So let's have something a little bit lighter this week. How's that sound? Yeah, that's right. Let's cool off with some cool command line tools. Wow, that is corny. Um, yeah, it was so, pretty, it was pretty bad. Uh, yeah, so let's just talk about some of the utilities that we like that kind of jazz up the command line or the textual interface on our computers. And of course, we're going to talk about all free software here. Yep. Uh, why don't you kick it off? All right. So I think the classic kind of cool command line utility is HTOP. So for people who maybe are listening and who aren't Unix geeks already, uh, top is a command that shows all the running programs, shows how much uh, memory you have free, you know, what's running and how many resources are taking. It's it's pretty cool on its own, but HTOP kind of bumps it up by uh, providing color and some kind of semi-graphy kind of things. It's just it just makes the whole thing look cool and fun. That's right, um, and and you know it's a great program to leave up when you want to have that mystique of like the uh, like the 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 Hollywood hacker mystique uh, running on your computer because it it has that kind of like it just looks so nice and terminally at the same time. Yeah. So, so I think that's a good place to start. How about you, Chris? Okay. Um, how about Figlet? So, um, oh, one thing we should note is that the previous one we brought up was you brought up a kind of more like full command line, like curses type thing where like you're technically running in the command line, but it's got like a command line GUI. So we're not going to distinguish between those in this. So the next one is instead just like a command line program that you run and then it spits something out. Um, and it's called Figlet. Uh, and what Figlet is, is it's a program that, um, if you've ever opened up like a readme or something like that and somebody has like a really cool at the top of it, not very accessible, but certainly cool looking like ASCII art logo up there and like big blocky text or whatever. Figlet lets you make that really easily. So it like ships with a variety of ASCII art fonts and you just type in some phrase and Figlet will print out a, uh, um, some sort of cool looking ASCII art version of that. And there are different font packs you can get for it and stuff. Yeah. It's just something fun for kind of throwing up, you know, like as you said, readme's or documentation or it's the kind of thing where, you know, BBS might have put something like that on their like splash screen. Yep. Okay, so I'll go next. Um, and I'm not even sure how to pronounce this one, but I think it's Bioboo. And this one requires a little bit of explanation for people who maybe aren't as, uh, again, Unix geeky. So um, on the Unix terminal, when you're logging in, it's it was kind of designed around the idea of a physical terminal. So, you know, you'd kind of walk up to a terminal, you put in your username and password, and then you'd, you know, you'd walk away and you'd close your session. So in modern days, we have uh, SSH, which is like a secure way of over the internet connecting to a, a virtual terminal. And the, it's great, 
the problem is sometimes you may need to like close that session. Um, an example of this was when I, uh, one of my former workplaces, I'd be restoring from a backup and I would need to make sure that was working. So I would run this command called screen. And what that would let me do is I would start the program up in my terminal at work. I close my computer and then I could go back in by SSH. And not only would I be logged back in, but I would, but it would keep the screen exactly as it was. And that was called GNU screen. And it's great. Um, and there's a, a better version of screen called Tmux. And BioBoo is like Tmux with a bunch of awesome stuff on top. And I think it was um, either designed by or inspired by a bunch of Googlers. So they basically took Tmux and added a ton of extra stuff to it and some really nice defaults. So BioBoo is great if you're already using screen, upgrade to Tmux and or BioBoo. Sounds great. Um so my next little utility is uh, Ledger, um, and I'll also throw in BeanCount and HLedger in there. Um, and, oh, I, I just want to say about the previous section, some of these are going to have weird names. We'll have the actual names of them so you can find them in the, po- the, the show notes. But Ledger isn't that hard of one to, uh, to pronounce. It's pretty much the way that it looks like. Um, and you can, well, what it's for is basically accounting for nerds. So you've got, a um a plain text format for writing out uh your basically your accounting files and you can use it for personal accounting or you can use it for like an organization where you need to keep track of the expenses of your organization or whatever um and then ledger is just a command line tool that you run that parses that file and you can run different operations like i want to see what are how much money did I spend on food this month? Or I want to see, you know, uh, how, how much money I have left in my budget for X and stuff like that. And, uh, it, it follows this idea called double entry accounting, which means that money never disappears. It always comes from someplace and goes to someplace, which results in the funny thing that as your income, like as your bank account fills up with money, it's coming from like your, the place that like your work or whatever. And so like that tends to like just appear as negative because it's just like coming from your work or whatever stuff like that. And they're giving you the money and you probably don't have the in- insight into all of like their expenses, but it's pretty cool. I've used it for a number of projects at various times. I've used it for my personal finances. And then, uh, I will admit I've fallen, um, by the wayside of doing that, but. I, I really value it as a program. I think for I think even as valuable as Ledger is, just some of the ideas in it are are equally valuable. So uh plain text accounting, which again we'll link to in the show notes, you can learn about the basic concepts and that includes double double entry accounting and also the way it handles different currencies and the ability to switch between them and how you can use Ledger for things like inventory management or or all kinds of things. It's it's a really powerful tool. And then there are um, tools that are written on top of it. Like there's an Emacs mode, there are web interfaces, there are all kinds of things. But the cool part is that being command line or being, sorry, being text-based, um, all those things are things you can store in your version control system. Yeah. Ledger is, Ledger is awesome. Yeah. And one, one other thing, uh, before we switch away from this topic that I want to recommend is if you've never done any accounting before, but you feel like you need to for some aspect of your life, um, the ledger manual 
actually includes a really nice overview of accounting concepts that's like designed so that hackers can understand them. Um, so highly recommended. Yeah. I, I also recommend it for, for every, basically everybody who's dealing with money. Again, even if you don't end up using Ledger, having those concepts is, is a really good thing. So back to me. Um, and kind of tying back into BioBoo is another command that I really like called Mosh. And so to understand Mosh, you kind of have to understand um, SSH. So uh, for those of, for those of us who log into Unix machines, you're probably already familiar with SSH. It's kind of a secure version of basically like Telnet, where you can you know, log into a machine and, and work on it just like you would remotely. Um, the SSH is awesome. It's got all kind, of, you know, it's very powerful. It's encrypted and all that. Um, the tricky part about SSH is that it is um, TCP based. And so if you have to shut your computer down, uh, you know, you lose your connection and you have to reestablish it and reauthenticate and all that. So Mosh is actually a bunch of different things. First thing is that it replaces SSH um, in, in, in that it is UDP based. So if you have a machine and, you know, let's say you, you've got your laptop and you go from one network to another, your connection will actually remain open. It, it doesn't care about what network you want, you're on. It just kind of works. Um, the other thing is it's designed to work on really laggy networks. So um, anyone who's used SSH on a cell phone connection knows that you, know, you press a key and you might wait a full second or two before that key appears. Um, Mosh is designed not to send individual keystrokes, but actually to send um, whole screens and kind of it kind of diffs the screen. So it, it's really efficient. Um, and the other thing that makes it kind of nice is that it does kind of a predictive text thing. And I don't know how to explain it other than, um, again, going, going back to that example of you're typing a, a command and then you don't see it until, you know, on SSH, you don't see it until it does that round trip. Um, with Mosh, you're going to immediately see it. And if there's a problem, well, then it'll kind of correct it. But most of the time you won't notice that. It'll just feel really fast. And especially combined with BioBoo, it just makes using, it's like, this is how it was supposed to be. Uh, this is how like terminals are supposed to work. And um, the other nice thing is Mosh uses SSH for its authentication layer. So it's not like it's, it's going to be possibly insecure in the same way SSH is. I'm sorry, in the same way that like um, some other like tell other that. remote. Yeah. Or, or, or even some other, you know, things that, that kind of take over the authentication. So you can still use your SSH keys or, or whatever you're using now. And it'll just kind of layer that on top. So I really recommend Mosh. Cool. Um, I just threw in at the last minute. I want to talk about auto SSH because it's really, um, small and easy. Uh, it kind of is a compliment to what you're saying with Mosh, which I've never used, but I have used auto SSH, which is basically, it's a pretty simple thing. If you've got an SSH connection that you're trying to make to somewhere and it keeps dying for some reason, um, it just auto reconnects basically. Um, and that's all it does is just like SSH with auto reconnection. And, and you might be like, well, well, how, how useful could this be? And the main place where it's really useful for me is SSH has a really nice feature called SSH tunnels, which basically 
they kind of work like like a VPN where you're, they basically let you connect through the network that you're connecting to with SSH to another network. And one of the problems that, you know, SSH users sometimes have is sometimes uh, that that connection will break for whatever reason. And then now you have to go back in and set it back up again. And auto SSH can just do that for you. So pretty, pretty basic tool, but nice to have. Yeah, it's it's kind of complementary. It's it's so Ma, with Mosh you don't need it, but it, but Mosh doesn't do things like tunnels, so so that's really cool. My next one is Unison, and so most of our geeky users are probably used to rsync, which is a tool that lets you kind of synchronize files. Uh, rsync is amazing and awesome and powerful. Um, it is only a one-way synchronization though, whereas Unison is two-way synchronization. So sometimes maybe you'll be working on one machine and be working on another machine and you just, you just want the files to kind of, you just want things to just work, um, without having to put them in a version control system or kind of try to figure everything out via SSH. Um, Unison will do it. I will say Unison is not nearly as fast as, as rsync. Uh, it's, it's not perfect, but it is a two way, uh, is a two way synchronization tool and that makes it awesome. Cool. Um, so my next one, I am suddenly doubting whether or not it's appropriate to this show, but I'm going to go with it anyway, because um, I thought that there was a command line version of this, but now I'm looking at it, I actually only see the graphical version, and it's called Baobab, um, B-A-O-B-A-B. And nonetheless, I feel like for the category of people who are doing these kind of things, it's still really useful. Um, what it is, is it's a disk usage analyzer, and you basically set it to scan some directory like your home directory or something like that and uh and it basically scans the whole thing and produces a report that you can then investigate that says oh this subdirectory is really big because it has you know this iso file you forgot about this like cd image and like this area is mostly taken up by your music and uh there is a graphical version that you can take a look at um but it also re- generates a report that you can open up in other tools but i am now suddenly feeling very foolish because i think i just violated the premise of this show it might be gui only yeah I, I think i think it is although it is a, it is a really powerful tool um but so we'll we'll just kind of uh we'll just kind of let that one go but don't let it happen again i'm sorry uh, i'm sorry <laughs> um all right so i'll i'll go um i've got a uh, pandoc um, so a lot of times, you, you know, if you're like me, you have to write your documentation in different formats. So maybe one place you have to do it in Markdown, another place you have to do it in restructured text, um, or maybe you want to do it in org mode and you want to convert between those different formats. Uh, Pandoc is this kind of, uh, let's say the Swiss army knife of utilities to convert files from one um, format to another. And it can do amazing things. It, it can even, I think it can do, you know, RTF. And it may be able to do um, some other, like, word processory things. But what I use it for are just converting from text to, I think it can do some parts. Uh, it can do definitely do markdown and org mode and, um, a bunch of others. So definitely worth checking out if you're, if you have to end up writing documentation, um, in different formats. Again, like 
just find the one, the format you like, and then let Pandoc kind of handle the, the conversion. Yeah. So I'm going to talk about uh, the program BB, which uh, ships usually with AALib, I think. Um, and it's a pretty unusual program in that uh, for our listeners who are familiar with demo C- the demo scene, um, which is like where people show off cool graphical um, go- like uh, things where they have these constraints and yet they make these really cool graphical programs and maybe like a few kilobytes and they like make um really cool chiptune music and stuff like that there's something called bb which was a demo for a library called aalib and aalib is a library that can convert images basically in real time to ascii art you can even run it with like uh like m player back in the day i had like an aalib plugin and you could watch movies in your terminal and stuff like that but the really cool thing is that bb is a classic demo scene style demo with like all the cool effects and everything like that, but it's to show off AALib and all the cool things it can do. I recommend getting it, um, turning up the volume and watching the demo. Make sure that the audio is working because for some reason it's so hard to get the audio working these days and, and it's really got to have the audio to be able to see how cool this thing is. Yeah, it is. It is pretty cool. Okay. So maybe a little more of a utility. Uh, is the command watch. And what it does is you, maybe, you know, you're looking at a directory, like a, a listing of another program, the output of a program. And, you know, it, it doesn't provide some kind of progress or you're looking for something to happen. And what basically watch will do is it'll just kind of keep running that program over and over again at an interval. And you can specify that. And that will let you have a one-time program act like it's continuously running and let you see that difference. And in fact, it's got uh, switches that will highlight the differences and make it really obvious when something's happening. So um, it's one of those things where just reading the man page is, is worth doing if you're not already used to it. Um, I use watch a lot for processes where I'm waiting for something either to happen or to finish happening. Cool. Um, so speaking of cool, I'm, I'm only slightly, I'm only slightly violating the rule that you just laid down, Serge, that I violated at the very premise of this episode. This is a command line related program, but it's actually a program to run command line. Uh, it is called cool retro term. It is a, you know, the same way that you have X term and you have like the GNOME terminal and other things like that. Or, you know, when you see your computer boot up. And it has the, you know, kind of planet, classic default Linux terminal that's called the Getty or whatever. The, um, the, uh, cool retro term is a terminal program like that that allows you to type in these commands and stuff like that. But what's really nice about it is that it makes it look like an old school monitor. Um, so it makes it look like, uh, like, you know, like a phosphorus display, if you know what that is, or like a CRT. And it has all these different modes to do all these different kind of classic computers. And it has all these hilarious effects, like, you know, the kind of glitches that would happen during them. And if you combine it with something like HTOP or something like that, then you really get that kind of aesthetic. Yeah, it's one of those things. It's just, it's just kind of a nostalgia tool. Um, you know, it's, it's functionality isn't amazing, but, uh, it, it's definitely fun. And so let's kind of end this with another kind of fun one. 
and that's uh, C Matrix, and it's a command line tool, or I should say, you know, just a text tool that makes your terminal look like the Matrix. And it, not to be confused with X Matrix, which was the uh, X11 version um, that I think most of us who, especially in the 90s, ran on our uh, desktops, but maybe 90s and early 2000s. Um, C Matrix is just a command line tool that kind of does that. And you can leave it up and then kind of like a screensaver for, for your computer. And again, it, it kind of gave it that cool hackery uh, look that we, t- we talked about in the previous episode about the hacker mystique. I bet these two programs look really nice together. Yeah, I, I was just thinking that. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so look, um, you know, it's it's summer of 2019. Uh, Chris and I are both doing a ton of work. Uh, if, you've been, if you're a regular listener, you know that we're doing anti-spam on the Fediverse stuff. Uh, I'm working with Chris on data shards. Chris is working on data shards and Sprightly and this and that. Um, and so we're just really, really busy. Um, we'll, we'll have, I think, a regular episode next time, a little more in depth, a little more, uh, introspective and thoughtful. But, you know, it's, it's the middle of August. I thought we'd have a nice, uh, simple, fun episode for you guys. So that's it. Um, please join us. Uh, if, if you like chatting, we're on IRC. Uh, we're on Freenode at Hash Libre Lounge. If you're on the Fediverse and you want to follow us, we're at floss, I'm sorry, at Libra Lounge at floss.social. Uh, you can email us at podcast at LibraLounge.org. And yeah, and I think that's, uh, pretty much it. And of course, our website, LibraLounge.org, where you can, uh, go through old episodes of the show and subscribe. And, uh, if we're, we're on a lot of, uh, podcast aggregators now, including the, uh, proprietary one so in case you've got friends who are not yet um you know free software folks they can still listen to the show and yeah is there anything else before we sign off chris um no just run every single one of the programs that we mentioned today with the exception of baobab through re- a cool retro term that's your assignment for that th- this evening C- chris will be grading uh how each of you does uh, by the next episode yep that's All right. right well thanks a lot everyone and we'll see you soon All right. Take care. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to Libre Lounge. You can find and subscribe to us at LibreLounge.org. This podcast is released under the Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 4.0 International License. Our theme music is Bossa Nova by Joff, which is waved into the public domain under CC0 and which you can find on OpenGameArt.org. If you'd like to support Chris Weber's work on this and other user freedom projects, you can donate at patreon.com forward slash C-W-E-B-B-E-R. Thanks for listening. See you next time.